0: This is crucial must-know information. Listen in. Hey everybody! I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. It's summertime, so while Anita and I enjoy a bit of R and R with our families, you can enjoy some of the best of DTT episodes. Today we are talking about must-know decorating tips. There are things that you need to know, and when you know them, it's going to make decorating less of a mystery, easier,
1: more enjoyable, and then, hence, lots of fun. Yes, I think these are so good, and they're really kind of things that deck, uh, you know, professionals know that sometimes people who are not professionals don't know. So, you know, we're kind of spilling the spilling the tea, as they say. Yeah. I never get that spilling the tea <laughs> oh like what's the tea
0: like when did that start happening <laughs> i don't know but it's I'm always there. like give me a tea let me order a tea i love I'm drinking brewing tea. A tea i uh, yeah it's funny I, know. I don't know everybody seems to use that all across the country it's not like a geographic thing
1: well now i, I think it's on the internet yeah. so it's you know once something starts secret. it spreads
0: but some yes. of these decorating tips might be a- have been previously been a secret to you, and there's no reason why they should be kept a secret. So we are going to shed some light on all of that today. Get ready, listen in. Uh, you, if you're doing something where you can't take notes, you can take notes later, and we'll also, uh, you know, have sort of a wrap up. But I don't think we'll go through every single tip in the show mm-hmm. notes.
1: So, right, you sharpen your we... pencil, pay attention. That's right, because we usually <laughs> just include the links there, but not necessarily all the key points. Right, because it's more fun to listen. Because it's a podcast, you can, <laughs> well, you can listen again if you if you miss something. So that's right. the beauty of it.
0: So today, uh, some of these tips will really help you make sense of what good design means, um, and what mean it means to you. So maybe not, maybe not every single tip is going to be on point for you, but taken as a whole, these are things you should be aware of and think about, um, even if you decide to depart from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first. <sighs> must know decorating tip is plan for the big picture. So think Mm -hmm. about the Mm -hmm. big picture before Mm -hmm. you get started. Even if you're just adding a, what would seem like a small piece of your decor puzzle, think about how that is going to impact the bigger picture. And certainly if you're starting from scratch or revisiting all of your look and style, you want to think of the big picture. Uh, And then it'll have give you, I should say, the ability to make choices that are going to support the overall look. Don't just run around and be willy-nilly purchasing things and ordering things online, and then you just have a mismatch of a
1: bunch of things. And my first tip is my very favorite tip. You know what it is. I don't want to say it. It's your tip. (laughs) Photograph your room. Yeah. Take some pictures of your room because walking in, you may not notice some things that if you take a picture of it, you're going to notice. There's so many things about your room that may not be quite right or that you may not like that your brain has already told you. I don't like that. And so I'm going to ignore it. Kind of like the refrigerator hum. I don't even (laughs) notice it. You know what I mean? You just kind of turn that off on your brain. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing when you walk into your room. There's going to be something in your room that maybe you don't like that your brain has already said, we're going to ignore this. But then when you take a picture of it, it's a fresh way of looking at it. And then and then you may be surprised. Ah, I forgot about, you know, ah, that wall has all these, you know, scuff marks on it or whatever. So that's the beauty of the photograph. And then it's also like little different angles and just, it really helps you focus in on how the room looks. So it's just, I highly recommend it. It just helps me so much see things. And even if it's a room in my house, I do try to photograph uh, the rooms. And then also it's fun to look back at the history of your room. So I think it's just a great idea. And Keep those pictures and you can kind of keep them all in some folders on your computer where you have like living room, kitchen, and you can kind of see how it's progressed over time. Great. Okay. Function
0: trump style. Now, if I say, oh, please, this is a decorating podcast. But look, if you don't get the function right, it doesn't matter how many pretty things you smash into that room. It is not going to feel good. It's not going to work well. And you're not going to like it. So function trump style. Get the function right. And then the style will follow. Certainly don't forget the style. You want to add all of that. But you need to have the room flow correctly. You need to have the passageways for people walking through. You need to have it be comfortable where they're not reaching across to try to put a glass on a table that's too far away. And the room should function for the purpose of which you and your family needs to function. Um, so, you know, really think about that. How do you want to live in this room? That's just the first question I ask my clients when I meet them at my clients that I meet in person. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they'll start telling me about, Oh, and I found this and I just don't know, can I mix metals and, la, 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 la. and I get all these questions and I say, let's take a step back. What do you want to be doing mm-hmm. in this room? You know, when we're done, how do you see yourself using this room? And that is going to inform
1: all your decisions. I think that's such a good point because uh, you don't want to be coming up with things that are just really pretty but really impractical for how you use the space. So 100% agree with that. Uh, Another thought to keep in mind is going bold in small spaces. And you don't have to do this, but I think there's a lot to be said for trying out something in a very small space. Like say it us a little powder room. You know, a very neutral powder room. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's what I have, and I love it. But if your bathroom, let's say, for example, if you if you feel like it's boring, it's not exciting, this is a great place to experiment with wallpaper or paint or bold patterns because, it is such a small space, and if you mess up, it's not so much of a big deal fixing it versus some massively large room. I mean, for example, I might even I might try to take on painting a bathroom, but I'm not going to take on painting a bedroom or a living room. That just stresses me out thinking about it. Uh, so this is a great place to go bold, and it's just kind of a fun thing too—a fun surprise when guests come over and they walk in and you've got this really bold uh, whatever wallpaper on the wall. I think it's just a great fun place to. Uh, try new things and to, to go bold. And keep your
0: dimensions on your phone. Uh, you can be the dimensions of all your rooms if you need that at a particular time, if you're decorating a lot of spaces, or the dimensions that you need a specific piece for. um, the, You know, it's Okay, I was going to say the worst thing. It's so not the worst thing, but a not great thing is to see something like, you know, particularly a one off, like an antique or something like that. And you love it, but you're just not sure is it going to fit on that little half wall I have? Or is this going to be too big for my entry? And you don't know, and you're not home, and you can't call anyone, you know, call a friend to go measure. So, Take the measurements of things that you're looking for. I'm I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you are a person that when you go out into the universe, you got your eyes open and you're always thinking about, you know, maybe bringing something home to add to your, uh, decor. So why not just have a little, either a file or sometimes I'll just uh, send myself an email and take a picture of it or people use all kinds of apps. I'm sure Manita might even have an app that does just this thing. Um, So keep the dimensions of what you're looking for on your phone. Or it could be uh, dimensions that you need for a piece of art. You know, we've always told you, don't buy a dinky piece of art. Go big. So how big? Well, oh, kind of like two arm lengths. Well, get the exact dimensions, put them
1: in your phone, and you always have them with you. You know, that's such an excellent point, Kelly. And it seems so obvious, but I did buy this massive uh, piece for my island in North Carolina, uh, at Roundtop and had it shipped there and somewhere in the process and maybe, I w- I'd like to say it was before I bought it. <laughs> I don't remember it grew. <laughs> Well, I, I don't, anyway at some point I realized it was too big but I guess I i don't know if I re- checked it after I bought it or before but at some point I realized it was not going to work as the island or the peninsula in the kitchen which is what I originally bought it for. So, you know, now it's a buffet in there actually it works fine but you know, if I couldn't use it as a buffet, I'd be really crying to have shipped something yeah. that large that far and not have it work. So it you know,
0: you're And not that's not- a perfect ex- mm-hmm. example. Anita's it round top, she finds this thing she thinks is really gonna work. I mean I wasn't there with her, but I'm imagining how this happens. You're getting kinda sweaty and bubbly and excited <laughs> and you're like, I can't walk away from this. Thing. It was really pretty. Yeah. I have to have it. Mm-hmm. And it'll work. But luckily you were able to make it work someplace else. And yes. I think I did see that when you took me uh, to your house when I visited yes. you
1: there and it is gorgeous. So I'm so glad you got to um, make it work someplace. Uh, that is the one. Now we used to talk about this all the time. We don't really talk about it much anymore, uh, but the limited color. Palette, oh I think yeah. I, that's and a good remember? one. Yeah.
0: yeah. And if you're new to us, uh, we did talk about that a lot, you know, mm. when we hammered that one home uh, and it is an excellent tip.
1: Well, you know, I felt like we, we felt like we covered it enough. We kind of didn't really talk about it anymore, but I just want to clarify on this, that we are talking about using just a few colors in each room. Um, It's not something you have to do, but it's a lot easier to get a cohesive look if you do this. And some people say, you know what? That's not my look. I like a lot of different colors. I like a lot of different bold colors in my room. And if that is your look, I think that's fine. But I will say this, it is harder to make that look cohesive. And I feel like the more color in the room, the harder it is to pull off. So that, those are my thoughts on that. So if you're, you know, so I'd say the less comfortable you are with decorating, the fewer colors I would go with. But anyway, that's kind of, but yes, I, I do love just using a few colors in a room. I think it just kind of keeps it nice and tight. Right.
0: another aspect of that, which we've discussed and we both are able to do because we have a limited color palettes is then you get to move your furniture from room to room. So not only is it easier overall to decorate because you've curated the universe for yourself, whether it be fabrics or accessories or what have you, you kind of know you're going to be choosing them in these colors, but then it's so easy to take that rug from, you know, the the dining room and put it someplace else if you get tired of there or that chair and move it into your bedroom, out of the living room. So it's another good reason to do that. You have a lot of flexibility uh, Mm -hmm. in addition to creating flow in your house.
1: Yeah. I do that all the time. So it, and it's easy for what the reason you just said, it's easy to move things. If you've got the same color throughout your house, get height in a room. Uh, We've
0: told you many, many times, hang those curtains as high as you possibly can. That's a way to do it. You could also hang hang things a little bit higher. You could uh, have a gallery wall if you've got a big open wall. Add add a a tall mirror, um, maybe something arched or just something really oversized. It's not... Great to walk into a room and sort of like you almost feel like you have a visor on, like in you know, like a like a workout visor or a tennis visor, because you know, you know, it's like it's blocked off Like there's you know, you can't see above because there's really nothing to look at. Like all the furniture is low, everything's sort of hugging the ground. And even if you don't have very high ceilings, if you don't have something that has some height, it's gonna feel like that. You're gonna feel very pulled down. Uh, a large plant is a great way to do that. If you don't want to invest in a large plant, a plant on a plant stand something like that a, a even a floor lamp something that add some height is really important. And, you know, I wouldn't just have one thing that sort of that kind of was like a little giraffe on its own mm-hmm. out there. You <laughs> right. want like a little cluster. So a couple mm-hmm. of higher things, maybe a tall mirror hanging, maybe a floor lamp on the other side, and maybe a, a plant in a big, nice basket, you know, in some corner somewhere. So you've got these points of
1: height throughout the room. So your eye goes up and down and all around. I think what you're saying is so true, and it is important to have more than just one of those pieces in the room so you don't have just one tall item, but you definitely want varying heights. But I also wanted to add, Kelly, because this comes up so much, that there's a very tall ceiling, maybe uh, kind of a a cathedral ceiling, and people are wanting to fill up all that space on the wall up really high. And we're not really talking about that. No, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about that. Right. So we're because you don't need artwork above like an eight foot level in general. No. So we're just kind of talking about like below the eight foot line. So, right. Okay. Then in that instance, you know, without
0: going too far into it, you maybe you're going to add a big chandelier that's coming down
1: and it would fill up that space, you know, something very overscale, large. Right. Exactly. Or maybe just one thing on the fireplace. Right. Yeah. And another thing I was thinking about onto something else is uh, when you have collections, because you and I, you know, love to collect, Kelly. And I think these collections can get out of hand. They can overtake your house. uh, But also if you have them spread out around the house, they don't have the same impact. So my suggestion there is keep all of your collectibles kind of Clustered together if you can, like on one table or in one bookcase, and that's going to give them a real sense of presence in the room. So you want them cl- collected together, but don't have a situation where there's just too much. So be sure and curate those collections, just, just display your best ones. Uh, it doesn't need to have every single thing in that collection, but uh, the, the gathering of them all together in one place, I think really gives a, a beautiful feeling to the collection.
0: Yeah, and to that point, if you have a collection, make it more accessible. I really think, I mean, don't let anybody get upset, but I think gone is the day of things behind the glass in the China cabinet. Like, you know, maybe some glasses, things, things like that, but collections behind glass, like, hmm. You know, I don't think it's really doing anything for your collection um I mean, unless you're concerned that the you oddlers know, that you have are going to come and take them. that's but well, what a do certain you do you of your
1: life? Have a cabinet with glass doors. What are you suggesting?
0: Well, I mean, uh, what I'm really talking about, uh, we can talk about that too, but I was really talking about the collection. Like, isn't it more fun to have your collection someplace where it's accessible? Like Mm -hmm. put it out on a table where you can really see it and you can appreciate it. And maybe don't put, you know, you put cluster it together as Anita's saying, like gather it. But if you have a collection of 50 things, maybe only put out five or 10 or an odd number something like that 12 that's not odd either is it (laughs) (laughs) see i told you i'm not good at math okay 15 yeah 13 but you know maybe five is good seven so it's accessible so you can really see it at a point where you know people can really appreciate it that would be my thought on something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. yeah it's your turn Oh, my turn. Okay. Uh, break up your dining room chairs. You are not holding conferences there. Um, so all your chairs don't have to match. It's not, you know, the room in your in your lawyer's office where all the chairs match. Break them up. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, that's definitely been a look for a long time now, even adding a bench instead of chairs on one side or both sides with benches or Parsons chairs at the end and some sort of wood or metal chair uh, along the sides. Uh, it's a Really great look. Uh, if you have all matching chairs now, it's a really easy thing to change. Uh, I really do like the idea of two upholstered parson chairs at the end. I think. Mm. Oh, it, me too. Yeah, Beautiful. and you know because there's so many hard surfaces. Often in a dining room, the table is wood, or you know maybe it's cement, or maybe it's glass, or something like that. But it's a hard surface, and obviously the floor. You may or may not have a rug. Then other pieces of furniture. There's maybe you have some draperies, but normally in a dining room, there's not a lot of Fabric, other than maybe the drapes, right? So
1: adding that is a great way to bring in some softness and texture. A great idea. Talking about fabric, I think another way to really add some interest for room is layering patterns. And I think the secret here is you don't want, you want your patterns to be different scales. So maybe you have a big scale pattern and a lower scale pattern. And if I have one pattern that has lots of color in it, then I try to Add other simpler patterns to that mix. So maybe patterns that just have two colors pulled out, and maybe just pull maybe two or three colors out of that multicolor pattern and just use two color patterns uh, for all of my other uh, patterns in the room. That was an excellent mini pattern
0: (laughs) lesson. (laughs) Repetition makes it purposeful, whether in color, pattern, or even in items. Color. If you go with a limited color palette, you're repeating a limited number of colors throughout your home. That makes it purposeful, right? Not like just, I I rando bought this emerald green throw or something. (laughs) Pattern. Anita just gave you a great mini lesson in pattern. Repeating that pattern throughout. Maybe you've got it in drapes. Certainly not the whole room. Uh... We talked about that being such a dated but kind of crazy fun look a while ago. But most people aren't doing that. But maybe you repeat the pattern someplace you have it on a pillow and then you have it someplace else. Maybe you have it on an ottoman that makes it purposeful. Um, even an item say, like in my home, one thing that I really like to collect are these white pictures, ironstone ones from home goods, just white pictures. If I like the silhouette. They're usually so inexpensive at yard sales and things like that. I cannot stop myself. So, <laughs> yeah. And they're so useful. You know, uh, we've talked about this before. I have my uh, wooden spoons and things in the kitchen. I That's my go-to thing for flowers when I get them, you know, home and just plop them in there. And so I repeat that item throughout my home. And so then it seems showing your collection in various places and it seems like it's purposeful like oh yeah okay that makes sense yeah obviously this woman really obviously likes white pictures it creates this flow and makes it feel like it makes sense
1: yes and i just my little tip on that is make sure the item is waterproof before you try to use it for an arrangement um did that a couple times. So
0: if you're not sure, yeah, yeah, slip in your Mason jar or your uh, tomato sauce jar or something like that, or
1: just do a test in your sink. So test, you'll see it. Yeah. In your sink. Yes, yes, yes. You don't want to ruin a piece of furniture. Uh, another thing uh, while you're in the kitchen is to use outdoor fabrics in the kitchen and dining room. There are a lot of fabrics that hold up to stains that tend to be used for outdoor use that are really going to be something that are going to be easy to clean. So we have some uh, some French stools at the island in our kitchen. And then I used a perennial fabric that looks like linen. You really can't tell it's not linen, even just if you're very close to it. And I just kind of wipe it off if somebody spills something on it and it just works beautifully.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip so, because sometimes people just feel like, oh, well, that's outdoor. Just like we're saying, you could use indoor outdoor rugs inside mm-hmm. as well. Right. And I've done that too. I had a love seat in our former house and I spent, you know, what I thought at that time was a lot of money on these pillows. I had them made and they sat there, you know, sort of, you know, on their side against the window and it was just panes of, of glass, like French door type of panes of glass. And in a very short time, the back of the pillows were all faded. Oh, yeah.
1: I was so bummed. But I so, think that would even could even happen with outdoor fabric. I mean, they don't last forever.
0: Maybe, but it was just a couple of months. I think it would, they would have
1: lasted. I mean, you definitely
0: got a maybe better Maybe a shot. little better. Yeah, that's true. Because I have true. some umbrellas that I leave out in the baking south-facing
1: sun in, in my house here, and they're fine. Well, that's a good point. Actually, I think what the demise of my pillows had to do with a, a squirrel that took off and <laughs> ripped into them. Mo- it looked like somebody had just thrown up, you know, vomited uh, pillow stuffing all over my front yard one day. Oh my gosh. And the squirrels had gotten in my pillows. Yeah. Yikes. Not nice. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun day. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a tip. Don't yeah. Well, a- like, yeah, apparently they don't give like your pillows something. to squirrels. And yeah.
0: um, how about this one? Every piece of furniture in a living room or a family room should have a horizontal surface close enough to it where you can comfortably put a drink or a glass or a cup hmm. of tea, something yes. like that. Of you course. Do. You know, this is a back to sort of how is the room going to function. But oftentimes people don't think about that. You're like, oh, I've got my sofa and then I've got this coffee table in front of it. Well, you know, what about the person who's on the end of the, co- of the sofa? Or what about that chair you put across from it? Is that person going to kind of like kind of crouch up and, and lean over and put their glass down. No, make, this is when the nesting table or the little tiny pedestal tables, something like that, or an ottoman that can be flat, you know, flat on the top and maybe can take a tray, something like that. So work that into your design. It's really important for the functionality and the comfort of the people that are using that room. Back to
1: the fabric again. Another tip is if you find some antique or been- Antique or vintage furniture pieces that you love, uh, probably they're not going to have a fabric on them that you care for. A lot of these old antique chairs have a tapestry on them that is very, very old, that uh, is just very dated looking and typically not in the best shape. So, I, but, you know, although, you know, we've talked about how you're not going to save money if you buy a chair that needs to be reupholstered. But the reason to go ahead and buy an old chair is not that needs to be reupholstered, isn't to save money, but because of this beautiful hand carving on some of these old chairs, you're not going to buy a new chair that has that kind of carving. They just don't make them anymore. And they don't even use the same woods for these frames anymore. So if you find this beautiful hand carved uh, old, let's say French chair, for example, uh, go ahead and grab it, and then get it upholstered in kind of a fresh, new fabric. And I've seen some done in so many fun ways with really funky new fabrics. There's so many ways you can reimagine it. Uh, my favorite way is actually to reupholster it with a grain sack fabric, which is not new. I mean, I have antique grain sack fabric, but the amazing thing is that it's linen, and it holds up to stains, and it holds up to wear and tear, and even though the fabric I'm using is often 150 years old, it's amazing how strong and durable and stain resistant it is. So, but you don't have to use grain sack. You could use a brand new fabric too. Yeah. And what's fun to do as well is use a really
0: bold, uh, modern looking. Yeah, you can do that too. Fabric. Oh yeah. And then juxtapose against the old frame. I think that's really awesome. Oh, I love that too. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp Online Counseling. You know, we only have one mind. We've really got to take good care of it. We take care of our homes, we take care of our cars, but you have to take care of your mind. It's really the most important thing you'll ever have. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways you can do this, but online counseling with BetterHelp might just be the perfect way to take care of your mind. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it is so much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Listeners of Decorating Tips and Tricks get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com D-T-T. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-T-T. Knowledge is power, and when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a kid, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. I know I didn't even think to ask the question until I was already ready to have a kid, and then I needed lots of answers fast, and I couldn't get them. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing can cost over a $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at a fraction of the price. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decisions that are right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com DTT. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get 20 dollars off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash DTT. That's modernfertility.com slash DTT. As my cash pack is adding up, I am telling everyone about Upside. Upside is such an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning, and you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. I use it grocery shopping, restaurants, and when pumping gas. And I'm going to use that cash back to buy myself something special when we go on vacation. It's so easy for you to get started using Upside. Download the free Upside app, use our promotion code DTT, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Upside is not too good to be true. It is true, and it is really good. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promotion code DTT to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promotion code DTT. We all put serious thought and effort into making our homes look beautiful. We focus on small details like pillows and accent pieces, but bigger issues like the effects of unbalanced humidity can really be taking a toll on your home without you even knowing it and can result in warping or cracking of your floorboards and ruining that perfect look. So to take care of the bigger details in your home, turn to April Air. April Air has the solution. They combine innovation and practical science to create professional grade indoor air quality solutions. The April Air healthy air system is right for any home in any climate. This system combines fresh air, ventilation, air filtration, humidity control, radon mitigation, zoning, and control into an all-in-one solution it provides comfort and protection from pollutants, viruses, and other contaminants and can even protect your home from damage like wood warping and mold. For more information on April Air indoor air quality solutions and the April Air Healthy Air system, visit slash dtt That's April like the month A P R I L air A I R E. Dot com slash DTT. Let's talk about the uh, accessories slash collections again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to that. If, so if you have a collection of things and, you know, so you're, maybe you're buying some of the real old things, but then like me, you're mixing in some things from, you know, a regular store, like a home goods or something like that, newer pieces, um, unify them with color. So I've done that to great success with my white picture collection. Most of them are old, but some of them aren't. I just like the silhouette or it was the right size and, you know, it's from TJ Maxx or it's from someplace like that. So if you're going to add to your collection and not all going to be, you know, museum quality, something or other, or super old or super expensive unify it with color. So if blue and white is your thing, you can definitely add new blue and white pieces. But if they're all blue and white, nobody's going to know the difference, really, unless it's, you know, you have an antique dealer come over and inspect. So that's a great way to expand your collection and do it, you know, within your
1: budget. Excellent. How about this? Use rugs liberally throughout your house and go big. Uh, I've seen a lot of houses lately where it, it, there's no rugs in the house. And have you, you have been over
0: person- to my house? Because I just had to say goodbye to yet another rug. Oh no. I say hello the to doggies, doggies and yes. goodbye to ruggies.
1: Oh, <laughs> so it's not. Well, good. right. No, I know. And you just, Exactly. I mean, there, sometimes you they, you, they just... I'm doing like the Puritan pilgrim look with no rugs. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was looking at some old pictures of my house when I first moved in, and I had no rugs in the house because we had just moved in. I only had one or two. Uh, and it does tend to be a stark uh, look that's not as inviting. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think, one of the easiest ways to warm up your space if you have wood floors, or I shouldn't say just wood, but stone or brick or tile, uh, is to add some area rugs that it just just warms up the space, makes it feel cozy, uh, and there's just kind of a night and day difference. And you can do it; it's just such a quick, easy fix.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: But yeah, watch out for the doggies, though.
0: Yes, well, I, you know stick with me. It'll be a crush or a blog post or something, but I'm diving deep into pet friendly rugs. And I'm going to come up with something that I can just drag outside and hose off or something. I'm (laughs) going to figure it out because I need a rug or those floor pieces, you know, F O F L O R the ones where you can buy them in sections. So if a section goes bad, you can just throw that out without throwing out the whole thing, but stay tuned for that. I'm not going to ask what exactly happened. because you Well, know I think I we all know, Anita. Well, I... well no, but you it already said a really gross thing about squirrels, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but they could have just like dug into the rug is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I would live with a dig. Now, um, okay. this could be my okay. last <laughs> tip
0: for today because we have a lot of things to cover. So I'm going to make it big. Oh, okay. Don't overlook the power of substantial Molding. Mmm, good one. You've heard game changer, room changer. Yeah, that makes a big difference. And it's really pretty easy. I mean, you know, and you can find most carpenters or handyman, they are going to have a miter box and they're going to be able to do it. Or you can do it yourself. You know, you just watch some YouTube videos. It's not going to be that hard. Um, And it will substantially change the look of your room.
1: So true. Got to agree with you on that one. And my last tip for today is to add one wow piece per room. Now, you're not limited to just one, but to try to have at least one wow piece per room, that's going to be your focal point, And that is going to be perhaps maybe what you build the whole room around, but it doesn't have to be. But I just think it's just really something fun to work for is just have that one, at least one per room. You're going to enjoy it when you walk in there. Your guests are going to enjoy it. And it can be a piece of artwork. It can be a piece of furniture. Maybe just a really splashy, fun accessory. So, uh, yeah. So just uh, think about that. What's your wow piece per room? Yeah. Like what's your wow? Okay, we well, definitely going to do wo- part two because... Oh, I have I got a lot of things to say. Me too. I have a, a
0: massive list. Oh, it's fun. I think we this, did. I think people will enjoy it. We did one really long, long, long time ago that was like tips fast and furious. And I think everybody really liked that. So this is a little bit um, more in-depth than that, which I like too, because we're kind of explaining what we're talking about. So yeah, let's let's keep these rolling out. Let us know if well, you like these. Or if you have a tip, we can add it to the next
1: part too. Okay. Hot t- Topic. Now, this is a little bit of a topic. This thing happened uh, several months ago, but is the ending of Design Sponge? I don't know, were you, uh, did you like Design Sponge? Were you kind of a reader of Design Sponge, uh, Kelly? Yes, and if every and, and if
0: people don't know what Design Sponge is, it is a very popular uh decor blog that was started by a woman named Grace Bonney uh, about 15 years ago. She started as a one-woman blog, you know, sort of as Anita and I have our blogs, uh and then she developed quite a following and then she hired a team of people to help her and it really Well, it was growing like
1: crazy, wasn't mm-hmm. it?
0: Yeah, and she made some, you know, she had some very interesting things that she talked about and made design very accessible to a lot of people. I don't, I'm not really sure the demographic that she was initially shooting for, but she seemed to reach a whole lot of people. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Well, right. And then she was really looking for diversity mm -hmm. and style and voices and design. So I think it kind of had a little bit for, for everybody. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it started out like so many blogs, uh, just a design blog. And I don't think she really intended for it to be a money-making thing or a job when she first started. Started, but it became this uh, empire in a lot of ways as she had a staff, then she started a podcast, a, I think it was called Good Company, right? But I don't think it's even, that's stopped too. And then she had a magazine, Good Company, which I believe also is uh, no longer in print. Um, now, the good news, if you're a Des- Design Sponge fan, which if you are, you probably already know this, but yeah, it, they stopped posting content in August to, in which was exactly her 15-year anniversary. And because they've gotten some funding, it actually, you're going to be able to access the site until September of 2020. Now, the interesting thing that's happening in 2020, according to their website, is that their full archives are going to be available online through the Library of Congress uh, beginning that month, September 2020, which I think fascinates me. I didn't even know the Library of Congress did this sort of thing. Yeah, I
0: don't know. They have a whole lot of a lot of things going on there at the Library of Congress. And I guess, you know, I don't know if they would just I don't know if we'll end up in the Library of Congress. Who knows, Anita? But I think (laughs) well, we can go visit it, maybe. (laughs) Right. I think you brought that topic up to discuss like sort of, you know, how is that? reflective of what's going on in blogging right
1: right right. just yes 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 just kind of like i just thought it would be an interesting discussion to just kind of like what happened here what went wrong or what went right and uh just kind of discuss it because i think it's indicative of so much that's going on in the blogging world i know a lot of people that are closing up their blogs uh so it's it's definitely a changing landscape so you want to put your thoughts out there
0: yeah well i would assume that a lot of people that listen to us came to the podcast via our blog. So there are our blog readers and they probably read other decor blogs, so gardening blogs and things like that. And blogging has definitely changed. You know, I, I just had my uh what, uh seventh year and Anita's a few years ahead of me. She started her blog. A few- be, yeah, it'll be nine years uh right. next month. You know, so we've been in the game a long time, not as long as Grace. But I right. I read about it. And I also listened to a podcast episode. I think it was from her podcast as to why she was closing. You know, she, she was fiercely, Independent, as we all are, as solo entrepreneurs doing our blogs, and you're doing your thing, and you're presenting the content the way you want to. Um, and but I think what happened to her is she just it started to grow so fast, and then it sort of grew beyond what she wanted it to be. It became a real business where she was going to have to get investment capital to keep going. She had a team of people she had to pay. That's a lot of responsibility. Um, so I think it. I got the sense that. From what she was saying that it sort of grew beyond what she wanted it to be. And it's, so instead of becoming that and, you know, featuring, you know, the Kardashians house or something like that, she was not a person doing that she wanted to feature real people doing interesting things. Um, she decided not to take. Any money from outside sources. And she'll, I'm sure Grace Bonney will bubble to the surface again and do some great things. I think she's a great inspiration. I think Design Sponge is a great blog to read. If you haven't read it before, you could, you know, have a look at it for a while. Or as Anita said, somehow get it through the Library of Congress. Congress, she also has a book called The Company of Women, which is a really interesting uh, sort of a compendium of a lot of women doing cool things and starting businesses and whatnot. So that's worth a read too. Um, so I think she was true to the design sponge mission from the beginning to the end, really. So I say rock on grace and best of luck to you in the future.
1: <laughs> yes. And I think, uh, yeah, the other thing I would throw in there is that I, the landscape has changed so much. And for so many blogs, the ad income has gone down and, you know, for many people, it is a business. So if, it has to turn a profit. And so for so many blogs, the profits had gone down because the ad income went down and she's got a staff to pay. So I think she decided that rather than uh, compromising her her ideals, like you were saying, she decided to kind of take control of of her destiny and just shut down the, the blog herself and Bravo, you know, Grace Bonnie, I think she's done a great job with design sponge and I'm excited for, you know, whatever she decides to do in the future. I'm sure it'll be a smash smashing success. And it's been a great, a great website to have.
0: Right. And I mean, you know, sort of, I think the takeaway message is if you want that type of independent content, then you just need to support it. You know, whether it means reading it or, you know, buying her book or doing whatever, answer or something like that, you know, try to support the independent contact, content that way. If that's something you want to see in the world, you know, if everything starts to look the same and you want something that's a little bit different and a Design Sponge definitely brought a different angle to decor. So good stuff, yeah. but, yes. you know, sad, but good. And, you know, I think, uh, I don't, it didn't seem all like a funeral. It seemed kind of like a party, like what's going to happen next. So, Mm -hmm. but she did start a podcast and it's, it was very short lived. And I think their last episode was the same month that the whole thing shut down. August 7th was the last podcast. So there are some podcasts that you could listen to if you're interested as well. She interviewed some interesting people and then she'll tell you, I think in the last one is probably the one I listened to explained, you know, kind of why did they decide to close it down. But if you're new to Design Sponge, you know, check it out. If you were a longtime reader, then there'll be something new, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. There you go. Okay. Are you ready to go on to our crushes? Well, I am, but I wanted to do something first. Is that okay? okay? Of
0: course. Okay. Well, what I wanted to do is say a big thank you to (laughs) Ashmelon16, because (laughs) that is the iTunes name of this wonderful person who left us the nicest review. And I just wanted to to call this person out and say thank you so much. And there are several people that have left. Call them out sounds
1: a little hostile. You mean-
0: thank oh, them publicly. Thank them publicly. <laughs> yes, yes, give them a shout out. All these things. There have been several wonderful reviews lately. This is the last one in. And uh you know, they took the time and I hope that and 16 is listening. They, you know, iTunes is so weird. Uh, you can't get the person's real name and almost everybody has a handle. So, and 16 if you're listening, thanks so much. You clearly made our day is a five-star review, which reads as follows. There is no better decor podcast out there. Whoa. You could have stopped there Ash Mellon But you kept going <laughs> If you love home decor you will be obsessed with this podcast The ladies give great tips And tricks to work with any decor style And their chemistry makes for an instant hit I have listened to every single episode At least once Most twice or even three times wow. I have learned a lot and wish they had a new release each day Because I cannot find another decor podcast That can compete with this series It's a must listen Oh, so I thought in you. our must know decorating tips, you I would just read this lovely review where we are called a must listen. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's left reviews. It makes such a difference on iTunes, which is this obscure kind of like wizard of Ozzy kind of place. Algorithm <laughs> kind of
1: thing. Yeah. You
0: can't really figure out how they tell people about you or whatnot. But the one thing we do know for sure is if you've got a lot of good ratings and reviews, they start to uh, suggest you to other listeners. And of course we would like to add to our audience because the more the merrier. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Now we're we right. going to do our crushes.
1: Well, I was trying to, th- I had another one, um, but I'm going to go ahead and go with this one for the today. Okay. It, it is Rachel Koo's Kitchen Notebook, which is a TV show. And do you remember Rachel Koo used to have the other TV show called Little Paris Kitchen, Cooking with Rachel Koo? Do you remember that? No. Okay. Well, I used to watch it because, uh, you know, I'm Paris obsessed. And she had this little Parisian apartment. And if I remember correctly, she would have... Uh, People could take reservations and she turned it basically into a restaurant at night, but she would just have one couple a night or maybe two couples, one at a time. And it was kind of the hottest ticket in town. It was very hard to get in, obviously, because she would only have a few people at a time. And then she would use those recipes for these dinners to to create the show. And so she cooked in this teeny tiny little apartment. Well, now she's moved back to London, which is where she's from. And she's also, she's still cooking in a small apartment, but it's a little bit bigger. But it also shows a lot of video of her kind of walking around the city and checking out restaurants and learning about foods. Kind of like uh, Julia Child's old shows, some of those where she would go and have an expert teach her how to make something. And uh, it's just a fun show. She's such a bubbly just charming person uh i just it's so relaxing to enjoy it it's just really fun and it just kind of you know you just kind of forget about whatever your troubles are for the day you just feel like ah oh, it's just so relaxing i am so excited about that i haven't oh that. my goodness check her out and is the old show the one in paris on there too well that one i think you can find on youtube but i don't know oh. where else you can find it okay mm-hmm. wow she was I mean, that that's like airbnb
0: beyond like she made her Her apartment, a restaurant.
1: (laughs) I think. I think that's that's right. That's that's so fun. Yeah, I didn't double check that fact, but so I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will tell me. Oh, I (laughs) just like it that way. I'm going to think of it that way. (laughs) What's Um, your
0: crush? Okay, my crush is
1: the the floral wallpaper by Ellie
0: Cashman. (gasps) If you haven't seen this floral wallpaper oh, you're missing out. It's stunning. And you won't be surprised to hear that Ellie Cashman, although she's an American, she is an expat living in the Netherlands because the wallpapers are reminiscent of Dutch masters. I Flowers are just so stunning. I can hardly oh, get the word wow. out. Um, so check out Ellie Cashman. You can check her out on her website. You can uh, also follow her on Instagram. She's got a great Instagram account. And I'm just trying to figure out where I can use this wallpaper because I want it so badly. I just want to <laughs> wrap a room in it and just be in there. That would be such. You could be in that room and watching Rachel Coo cook, and it would just
1: be like the oh, happiest day ever. Wow.
0: Yeah. So uh, check out Ellie Cashman. Really cool. Yeah, definitely. And nice to buy something from like, you know, that's, that's her. Mm -hmm. She made that, you know, she designed those flowers, she made the wallpaper and now you're buying from her. It's not like you're buying from some gigantic company. I love that as well. Okay. What's our question? Okay. So Caitlin B is military family, so they move around a lot. I think the last time that we helped her with the question was to sort of how you make it cozy, and I think she took you up on uh, that suggestion of having like a special box, which you open first when you get to a house, you know, your oh, new house, right. and she mm-hmm. loved that mm-hmm. idea. So this time you now they've moved to another home and they're going to be adopting their first baby. Oh my goodness. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how old the child is but I'm thinking it's a baby and so Caitlin has two questions the first is what would we suggest for essential design elements for a child's room and this is fun because we don't really ever talk about kids rooms too much kind of you know in the periphery but we haven't done an episode about that so what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, at one time people, you know, it was like blue or pink and then it was pastels and then it was that they have to be primary colors. My kind of thought is to decorate it probably about the way you want to decorate it. Maybe not that far from how you would decorate any room. Uh, Obviously, you're going to have to have kid-friendly things in there, uh, toys, cribs, you know, crib and all that stuff. Uh, And it's going to, you have to be careful about safety and everything. But as far as the decor, I think you can really do... Pretty much what you want. And the reason I say that is because in the not too distant future, your kid is going to say, I hate it, no matter what it is. And you're going to have to change
0: it anyway. Kaylin, uh, I think that, uh, you know, depending on the age of the child that you're going to be adopting, uh, you know, either a crib or a bed. I wouldn't go with a twin bed, even if it is a small child, or when the if it's a baby and you have a crib and then you have to get a you know big girl or big boy bed. I would definitely go with a full or a queen if the room can handle it because a twin bed is just so small and you're going to find that you might be in there with your child, or your child might want to get into your bed. And so maybe that's the compromise if they're having a rough time sleeping, you get into their bed with them. Um, also, you know, down the line for little sleepovers and whatnot, it's just a Better size bed to have. Twins are super small, right? True. And people fall out of twin beds and kids move <laughs> around a lot. So I would suggest that. I definitely a chair, a comfortable chair, particularly if there's an infant coming into your life that you both can be comfortable in. Maybe it's a rocking chair, but you know, that's very typical of a nursery, but doesn't have to be just something really comfortable. Maybe it's better not to do a a an upholstered rocking chair maybe a chair with an ottoman cuz then you have more flexibility later on a rocking chair just seem very much like a nursery and i agree with anita with regard to the colors i think that baby nurseries have come such a long way in a short time and not too long ago was you know the traditional boy and girl colors and even uh, you know bordered wallpaper or murals or things like that i would sort of stay away from any of that and you can do if you wanted to put some sort of childlike mural up, you can do some of the new adhesive wallpaper murals. And so it doesn't hurt the wall when you peel it off. Um, I would get some good window treatments because maybe during nap time you want something that's going to be blocking the light. So maybe some uh, blackouts or something like that. A nice carpet that's going to be cozy, you know, something really soft under your little person's either toes or knees or or back, depending on how little they are when you bring them home. Um, Changing tables, I think now you can get a changing table that sort of converts into a regular table later Mm -hmm. on, rather than Mm -hmm. just having something that's sort of like this weird piece of furniture later on. So, So those are some things that I would definitely look into. Um, you can have some fun with the accessories inexpensive sort of, um, mobiles that might hang from the ceiling. Um, So I think you can have a lot of fun with it. Go on Pinterest. That's a great source for lots of kids' room ideas. Uh, And then Caitlin had one other question about um, sort of creating the tension in her own master bedroom with pillows. Um, She's got two plain sort of oblong rectangle pillows. And she wanted to see, you know, what should she do to those pillows to to create that little bit of tension that we always talk about. So looking at the photo that she sent of her master bedroom, there's a lot of solids. It's kind of muted colors. Um, so I would suggest a really pow print. They're two small-ish size pillows. Maybe they're 14 by 26 or something like that. So I would just go really bold and fun and whatever colors you've got in that room, Caitlin, I would just take them to the nth degree in saturation in a print uh, maybe something kind of wowie floral or or um, an interesting pattern that you're drawn to in in your color palette
1: wow i think that's a lot of wonderful information and i so agree about the bed size if you don't need the floor space for playing to go with a larger bed i think that's a great and then you know depending if you have guests it might end up working better that way so yes it was so fun hanging out with you today kelly and yeah, with loved it. with everyone listening so thanks so much for joining us and remember we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home until next time